but prepare for wizardly combat. I want to show you a trick Mother showed me when you weren't around. And I'll not try to fast Welcome to Spellburn, a podcast covering the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game and old-school adventuring. It's time to party like it's 1974. Hello. <laughs> well, DCC has been a gold standard of old school gaming for 10 years or at least 10 years or something like that. There's a ton of great content out there from Goodman Games, from third party publishers like Order of the Quill, free internet resources like Purple Sorcerer, and even social media. But what about people who make it happen behind the scenes? Every adventure is full of good writing and art, but needs an editor and really, really needs a playtester or two or five or 20. So tonight we're going to talk to some of our favorites and also Judge Jen, and we're going to have some other gossip and malingering and a visit to the email crypt. All this and more on this month's Spellburn, but first... I'm going to interrogate Jen about her trip to the UK to go to Games Expo representing DCC. Uh, were you w most important question? Uh, but I'm doing this in a British accent. Tally ho, Jen. Were you coronated while you were in England? No. No. No but coronation. <laughs> no coronation for Jen. Very good. Did you have some bangers and mash? Uh, London Pride or uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, banger, yes. Mash, no. Mm. Fish, yes. Chips, yes. Multiple times. Curries, mm. yes. Multiple mm. times. Um, pasty, yes. Uh, Rabina, yes. Um, and and various ciders, yes. Um, and some history too, which was kind of cool. But did that was all meet, like after hours. Did you meet by any chance my mate, uh, Julian Haley, um, possessor of one of the great names in the world? <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, received a lovely gift basket from he and his wife, Sue. And Sue was invaluable to uh, myself and Goodman Games. Uh, she helped man staff the booth at... UK Games Expo for all three days. And of course, uh, Bruce Cunnington was the bestest bloke ever, helping with setup, teardown, putting up with Brendan in the middle, and carting him around to all of the friendly local gaming stores out there. Ah, oh, cheers. Cheers to Bruce. Uh, one of my favorites. Yes. Um, haven't seen him since we were fox hunting in the downs and on the moors with Heathcliff and. Um, Kathy, yes. Well, you uh, can excellent. stop anytime. <laughs> oh, oh, but I can't. Oh, yes. Anyway, let me. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm going to get out of that. Um, I don't know if you want any other gossip. I'm going to say a couple things. Road Crew Rally is coming up on Tuesday, June 13th. So that's next Tuesday. So if you're watching this on Twitch, uh, check out the Road Crew Rally. Look at goodmangames.com and find out all about it. Um, also, Free RPG Day is just weeks away. That's June 24th, and there is a new adventure called Piercing the Demon's Eye, and it's by Judge Daniel Joseph Bishop, which, if I mean, if people are giving away free Daniel Bishop adventures, uh, I want mine, and I'm pretty excited about that. And then um, also, even more importantly, we have a DCC day coming up Saturday, July 22nd. 
So go to your FLGS and demand a DCC event and uh, all that good stuff. So um, notes of uh, notes, excuse me, dates of note, dates of note uh, for our DCC players. Uh, it's like Jen, it's Friday night or something. Geez, no kidding. I'm actually, I'm, the pizza place didn't bring my pizza. I'm operating on fumes here. I'm just like, oh my God. Um, Jen, do you have any other gossip for us? Any upcoming, uh, you know, uh, Goodman uh, Gamesery that we want to share? Origins is overlapping with Free RPG Day, but that's not our fault. So we won't have anything at the booth. Please don't ask. But you're going to be at Origins. I will. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So if you're in Columbus area, it's still in Columbus? It is in Columbus. We'll have uh, Michael Curtis, Brendan LaSalle, uh, and a number of uh, community staples running games. Uh, Stephen Gayeski and myself and Dieter Zimmerman will be running the booth. Wow. As volunteers. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah. So if you're in C bus, take the C bus to the origins and hang out with Brendan and Jen. Enough said. All right. We're good. We have a lot of fun guests to talk to. Uh, so we're going to do that. We're going to take just a second and we're going to go to our uh, first guests. All right. So uh, tonight I wanted to talk to editors and I, I didn't do a tally because I'm lazy, but I think Judge Jen might be the might have the um, the crown, the heavyweight title for most adventures edited, unless Reverend Dak does. I don't I, he's done a ton as well. I would cede it to Dak. Um, okay. I've worked on a lot of different projects, and uh, probably uh, there's over 75 projects and close to 90 different items with SKUs in it mm, that mm. have uh, my red pen on them. Not always appropriately attributed, but you know. Um, the editors also need an editor sometimes. You, you, you did a lot of Link Mars stuff and also a lot of Dying Earth stuff, I believe, right? Yes. So you you may have done a broader set, even if it was a smaller set. I, I don't know. Um, anyway, we're going to have Reverend Dak on eventually anyway, because he's a character. But tonight we're talking editors, um, and he was out having a church service in California doing... Um, cultist things so um we are uh going to have judge jen uh represent one editorial side and on the other side we have uh don't let me get this name wrong brian gilkison yes and brian Hi, has brian has done a lot of editing a lot especially on dying earth stuff yeah, um, yeah. but also uh, on some third party stuff and uh, tales of the smoking worm that's correct. Yep. Uh, five five of the adventures for Dying Earth um, spread across uh, a lot of the authors. Uh, one little one called the Great Visp Hunt. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It was that was nobody. A yeah, <laughs> I've heard um, a lot of good stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, it was it was a blast to work on. Um, uh, you know, getting to to play in the in the sandbox of all the authors. Um, you know, especially the fact that we got Errol Otis to come back in and write yeah. something too. That one was quite, quite trippy. Um, yeah. To, to work with. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was. Well, great. Um, so, and tell us a little about Tales of Smoking Worm, just, uh, cause you've been working on that since, uh, the beginning, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, the first Gary Con I went to was Gary Con 10. Uh, I was a late late comer to that, um, but uh, I was up there with some friends, uh, Trevor Stamper, who is one of the, our co-creators, 
Um, you may see him on the scrivenary as well. Um, we we played in a DCC session. Um, I sadly don't remember the exact adventure, uh, but we had. I was playing a neutral cleric that we decided was a cleric of Cthulhu, uh, because like a lot of gamers, I'm a big fan of Cthulhu and and all the madness he brings to the table. Uh, and we got to thinking, you know, he's listed in the DCC rulebook as a as a cleric uh, deity. Um, but I really thought that Cthulhu always seemed like he was more of a he'd fit well as a patron, right? He's gonna he's gonna appeal to the mad cultists. Um, and so we started kicking around some ideas a little bit. And and that particular session, uh, March 6th, 2018, uh, would be the genesis of the idea that uh, we we said, well, all right, well, how can we get this out there? And, you know, we'd seen Crawl at that point from DAC um, and a couple of other, you know, Gong Farmers Almanac, a couple of others. And we're like, well, you know, let's the, the zine support for Goodman is pretty good. Um, excellent, actually. And uh, so we thought, well, let's let's try our hand at it. And uh, so that Cthulhu patron article in the very first issue of Tales from the Smoking Worm is the reason why Tales from the Smoking Worm exists. I, uh, that's you know, awesome, because I have actually used it in my City of the Damned campaign to torment PCs. And, excellent. Uh, and it was fun. And also sort of ties into some letters from the mailbag that we dumped on the crypt denizen um, at a later point in the show too. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but nicely done, sir. You guys have a Kickstarter running right now? We do. Uh, it is a Kickstarter for our seventh and eighth issue combined. Um, we decided that, uh, you know, in an effort to bring the good stuff to everybody uh, and to, and to help, cut down on some costs, um, getting all the printing done for both at the same time. Um, you know, most, uh, uh, almost all the articles, uh, have already been completed quite a while ago. Um, we're doing some final passes on editing, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we've got, uh, I think just about three days left on that Kickstarter. All right. All um, right. And it'll be for issue seven and eight. Um, I'm trying to remember what all we have on it's a, it's another spread of a, of a, a lot of um, uh, different areas. Um, I don't have anything in seven, but I did write something in uh, issue eight. Um, actually, if you you've played uh, Cthulhu, that first issue, there's a wizard on the cover there. Hmm. That first issue, um, we have dubbed him Necromolo, Necromolo the Neutral. Uh, to to fight with Americal the chaotic and Locarimon the lawful. So mm, mm, uh, mm. Necromolo, uh, we decided there was an there was an old artifact you could get from the RPGA called uh, Americal's Fist, and it was a dice that you could roll in it, and it, and it was an artifact, a minor artifact, and you could you could roll it, and it would come up with certain spell effects, uh, mm. and it was attributed to Americal, and we decided that. Um, in in pursuing his knowledge that Necromolo uh, had encountered Americal at some height and had gotten his hands on uh, Americal's fist, and it, it became known as Necromolo's bobble when he came back to the realm of the smoking worm. So mm -hmm. uh, in issue eight, we've got a write-up uh, that's a DCC version of the fist or the bobble, as as uh, we say. Um, we're actually hoping we can get uh, some more backers uh, because if we reach um, our highest stretch goal, we're going to release a a uh, STL, a 3D printable file for Necromolo's Bobble, a 30-sided uh, uh, artifact uh, with uh, arcane runes and everything. Oh, um, come on, Twitchers, come on. I know. Uh, we need to get them out there. Um, All right. We, we hope everybody will see it regardless eventually, uh, but that would be that's something that we're really shooting for on this. I see our guests in the green room are frantically clicking their computers right now. So that's uh, yeah, your 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 totals are going up right now. So that that sounds awesome. Well, thank you, uh, thanks, Brian. Uh, Kickstarter is going on three days. Means if you're on Twitch, do it now or tomorrow while you're hungover. 
Um, when you hear this podcast, like it'll be 10 days later. So that's going to not be there, but you can buy this product on goodmangames.com eventually. So go and you can buy the back issues and do that. Um, they're really beautifully produced. I know I've actually raved about them on Spellburn before, but they're lovely zines. They're, um, they don't look like stuff people made with the Xerox in the eighties. They look like, uh, you know fancy that, that all the credit credit for that goes all to trevor he's he's had an idea of wanting to bring back that idea of um you know how you know we're we're tactile we're still tactile people mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's nice mm-hmm. to be able to get our rules in a ipad or whatever but it's still also nice to really crack open that book and lay it down in front of you um yeah. so he wanted the he wanted that tactile experience of the zine to to evoke what you know, the very first scenes from the seventies and early eighties were like. Excellent. So, um, okay. Now I know I, I actually, I quite like that digression. So thank you. Uh, go support the Kickstarter right now, but let's talk about editing. I'm going to switch it back to judge Jen. How'd you, how, you know, how'd you get into the editing game to begin with? Jeez. Oh, um, I have had red pen tendencies since I was a child. I actually found oh. one of the first times I picked up a, Book and circled it with marker and wrote the corrected word. I was seven. Mm. Um, when I started getting into editing RPGs, uh, my my beloved father said, I don't understand a thing about this. I'm just glad that you're making someone else's life miserable. And it <laughs> it it really uh yeah, perfectionism. Yeah, me. Um so Starting on it, um, shortly after I got into the DCC community, um, I think Paul Wolf was one of the first people that I did any proofreading for, uh, what was later published under Mystic Bowl. And then I started uh, getting into playtesting and providing feedback for one of the first releases from uh, Thick Skull Adventures. Mm-hmm. Stephen Newton, and yeah. then, uh, oh shoot, um, Carl and Eric Stormlord. Stormlord oh, Publishing right. was my first paying editing gig. Yeah. And right about that time, I started getting my foot in the door with Goodman just because they only had one person on staff at that point or on hand to be an editor, and that was Dak. And the very first thing I actually did for Goodman Games was lay out the judges screen. Hmm. Hmm. Because I was starting to put one together for myself and I was going absolutely nuts trying to figure out what pieces I needed. So I started sourcing from the Facebook group. Hey, which tables do you think are the most important? And I did the same with G+. Yes, I know. Too soon. Um, and put all of those together, you know, meticulously measured things. <laughs> and even though I wasn't layout. Um, and the first adventure that I edited was uh, Edgar Johnson's Against the Atomic Overlord, number oh. 87, I believe. Interesting. Did you uh, now? And then you also worked on Linkmar. And then that was much later. Yeah, much later. <laughs> But then also on Dying Earth. So how, what's it like to kind of switch? So you, I think your whole uh, career, editing career, whatever, has been on DCC, if I if I understand correctly. Is that uh, true? It is my drug of choice. Okay, fair enough. So, I mean, what's it like to switch rule sets? Because you're trying to keep people honest in terms of, you know, you're, you're doing a little fleeting luck over here, a little grudge token over here, a little, uh, you know, wafer luck over there, a little, you know, is it, does it get weird to, you know, switch around? Uh, not really. The only, the only oddness came in with uh, some of the MCC mods. And then I had to actually go back and refresh myself on the brand new MCC rules, which hadn't been published yet. Uh for Lankmar, it was pretty easy because it was just Michael Curtis. You know, mm. so if I had any questions, it was going back directly to him. And, you know, hey, this rule doesn't quite make sense. You know, I look at it with the eye of a judge. I'm going to run this. Has anything been left out? 
Mm-hmm. Am I missing anything? Well, what happens if they actually go over there? We might want to add a little sidebar about that. You know, things of that nature. Um, the tournaments and what end up in the yearbooks have probably been the most difficult because you have mm-hmm. so many people's voices that you're trying to cram into the same space. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Greatest Thieves of Lankmar, for instance, there were probably 12 different authors. And having been on the Lankmar line for so long, okay, need to buff this part over here, totally erase this part, but then they still have to merge, right? So going to put all that together and put it back in front of the project lead and say, are we good? Now, uh, now, now, what's it like if you have to edit somebody you cohabit with? Do you have to just, you know, <laughs> lay down the law? Um, there are very few times where I get redacted. Mm. And that's only when I actually, <laughs> what I have to do is print out the way it looks now and then print out the way I think it should look and just put them in front of him blindly and say, which one looks better? Which one reads better? Mm-hmm. That's an, that's an excellent method. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank uh, you. Judge. Other times I'll just, you know, Hey, did you really mean this instead of this? Mm. And, I mean, you were on the dying earth team. You, you know what it was like with going back and forth of, Hey, let's crowdsource this. Does this sound right? Yeah, yeah. And working with Brian on that was fantastic because we hadn't come up with a set style guide yet. And Brian was actually integral to the way the rote spells are listed in the magician stat blocks and the adventures. And I'm I'm still grateful for that. Yeah, Brian, you you came out of um I mean there was that big bulge of all that writing at the end that had to get Right. Um, done and suddenly Brian was flying around and was like hey this is awesome you know um, <laughs> I love ed- as a writer I love editors because I need help oh, let's just let's just leave it at that so um, our job is to make you look good right right yes. yeah so um so Brian you so you're an old DCC guy you were messing around with Cthulhu back in the day yeah um but uh, but then you came into Dying Earth. You must. I'm sure you were handed a draft of the rules. Uh, what was that yep. like? Just to get up to speed suddenly, and then okay, here's the. I can. I know how this kind of went, right? Even though I've not done this, I kind of. Brian, you're going to edit this stuff. Here's the draft of the rules. Here's a bunch <laughs> of adventures. Here's ten files. Away. Okay, go. Uh, yep. We need it by September first. Yep. Uh, no, it's it's uh, it. You know. Um, I will throw the hat back and and give great credit to Jen and Michael Curtis um, that they um, were saw con- uh, saw confident uh, were confident that I could fill the task um, with what I had done and and I What's don't I don't know I, I haven't really tallied how the the order but I don't know that I had too many adventures under my belt yet. Um, you know, I've I've been scattered across everything so far. Um, mm, mm. Horror, um, DCC Day, MCC, Free RPG Day, one of the holiday adventures, Dying Earth, um, some other future stuff. Uh, but um, yeah, the Dying Earth. It was it was uh, the the nice thing about it is at least with DCC and MCC and all the others, it's you at least know the you know if you if you got DCC down. It's I don't want to say easy, but it's it's not a big shift. Yeah. Um, you know, you know how the the rules as a whole are going to work. So it's it's more just a poking at the edges to to see what's different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 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 we were used to fleeting luck from Lankmar so much, um, you know, and you look at uh, the Wayfarers. Uh, 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 luck Prerogatory. and grudge the uh yeah. the, the grudge mechanic and it's you know it's it's the flip side of that um uh i love seeing the the, the take on uh the magician um versus a wizard um you know the fact that you could play either one in D- in uh in, in dcc or in dying earth um but i i do like 
um, you know, the, 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 the adherence to that Vancean magic of this is going to work once and then you gotta, you gotta sleep for a while. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it, was, it was fun to jump around and play in that. Okay. Here's the lightning round. I'm going to start with Brian. What do you, what do you love about editing DCC and what is your least favorite thing about editing DCC? Least favorite, we'll do that one, is the initial read through. Mm. Uh, just and and I think some of that depends on the author. If you've worked with the author before, you kind of know where they're going to go. If it's a new person, you're like, all right, well, what's you know what's their style? Um, you know what's going to be a little bit different? Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to throw out Bob as a good example because he he had two of those adventures in Dying Earth. Um, and, and he really embraced the, uh, Vancean titles too. Mm, um, yeah. so you knew, you knew, you, I, I felt that he was, you know, it was going to be fun because he, he clearly, he had that feel, feel for things already. Um, favorite part. I'm going to say that final turn in to Michael or Jen, uh, and not getting another copy back <laughs> and we need to do good some answer. More. Good answer. Fair. Fair. <laughs> it's also my favorite part too. So I, I I totally agree. All right, Jen, you get you can answer if you want. Lightning round, oh, best and worst. Best part is that initial excitement when I'm starting to print everything, gathering up my various red pens or multicolors, depending on my mood, and the clipboard, and I sit down and and I start that first read through. I do still use trees for it because I'm a luddite. Uh, least favorite part, well, the other best favorite is when it all starts to come together. Like, especially if it's part of a big project, you get that feel of, oh, this actually goes into this place and right. this is what's going to go around it. Other best part. Come on. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Least, worst part. Least favorite is, um, honestly having to plunk the Luddite notes back into the document and realizing mm. this didn't doesn't make as much sense as I thought it did. <laughs> yeah, that could work. That could work. All right. Hey, guys, Brian, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Certainly. Um, we are going to uh, descend to the crypt. Um, I want to, I, I have to warn people, this is not for the weak of heart, okay? This, this we're dealing with the un-dead here. Um, so, you may want to, you know, shut off the screen. You may back away. You may, if you're listening to podcast, you may want to just skip ahead. This can be terrifying. So just be careful. You've been warned. Spoiler alert. Um, dread and horror await you as we descend to the email crypt. Uh, with that, we'll uh, make our descent. zombie of the emails yet again they put their annoying missives in my pile and ship them through the strange dumbwaiter down into the depths of the crypt portlana has to come down here and video me wearing this stupid shirt that's uh, terrible well here we go this one an un-dead email from July of 2021 comes from Joan of Arc, Destroyer. She writes, Well, Judges J, the order of the Shauna podcast would like to probe your minds is the patron, both divine and magical. What defines a deity? What defines a patron? Then she gives these bullet points like Bobba Bills and Cesarecon and Ozzy Dahaka and the King of Elba. Are the above all patrons? Are they gods? And does God mean deity? Some are listed with the title Lord. Are these, are they without patron spells? Are they considered deities? I have players playing clerics who have chosen one of the above 
And I also have wizards who have chosen from the above. How do you adjudicate this? Well, Joan of Arc Destroyer, nobody knows and no one can say for sure, but I will tell you this. Jehovah, Satan, David Bowie, they're all the same. They're all they're all just ethereal entities in the overworld who are, you know, influencing us on who we would have. Anyway, uh, don't worry too much about it and make patron spells for the gods if the maid, if the wizards decide to patron bond, of course. Uh, and if the clerics want to worship Cthulhu or uh, you know, some other patron or uh Cedric Khan, you know, why not? Yes, do it, do it, whatever the players want to do. Make them pay in blood and do it. All right, the next one comes from Judge John. Hello, the band. I just discovered a note I scribbled down while listening to the recent month-old episode of the Fancy and Mailbag. <laughs> Remember when the episodes were a month old? Oh, that's great. Ah, to wit. I think you're overly nerfing the thief's backstab. As I see it, backstab is an ability of the thief to exploit weaknesses. Uh, there are two criteria, that the target has a comprehensible and exploitable anatomy that the thief understands and the target is unaware. But, uh, yeah, I think his whole point is that we shouldn't mess with the lowering the attack die or having it be lower or nerfed if the thief is doing a ranged attack instead of a nyeh, 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 nyeh. so all i can say if he says if it's an attack any type of attack at all from surprise and against an opponent with a familiar physiology it's a backstab even if it's an attack in front at range the bouncing factor is it cannot be done every round. Stealth is established, which may take multiple rounds. What do you say to that? I could say more to support the case, but I can sense you're growing tired of reading this. I'm dead, Judge John. I am always tired. Anyway, I think you're right. Do what your players want. Give them all back then. No, it's good. No, you you are right. Any attack from stealth is a backstab. As long as the victim does not know it's coming, they shall be critted once and critted again. Make them pay. I like victims. Yes, I like backstabs. More backstabs, the better. I concur. And probably the probably the only argument you got was from silly Jeff Gold and silly Judge Jen and some guest and who cares. Yes, make the backstab brutal and deadly. That's all I have time for. I must go back to laying on my slab and dreaming of eating corpses. Good. I, I really apologize. That was um, pretty scary. And, uh, you know, I see in the Twitch people are saying that, you know, somebody's kid watched that and uh, it's awful. So um, I, I totally, I, you know, and he, I don't know what, somebody put some Metamucil in his corpses or something. He's really gunned up today. I don't know what happened there, but it's, um, anyway, we won't let that happen again. We've got to keep the dead kind of quiet. So we have with us here, um, a couple playtesters. We wanted to, we talked to editors, and now we're going to talk to some playtesters about playtesting DCC. So we have uh, my pal Trevor Russ, um, who has um, helped me quite a bit. He's also from Calgary uh, and has done a lot of judging, and um, he's been invaluable uh, to me as a playtest judge. Uh, he also is a prime, I don't know, founder, co-founder, or just a volunteer or something at what we call RPG Alliance Hybrid Con. Do you want to talk about that for 30 seconds, Trevor? 
Uh, thanks, Julian. Yeah, it's uh, I'm one of the co-organizers. I linked up with the person who started it. And really, it's just a convention geared towards uh, gaming for everybody. So we try to make it a very inclusive, welcoming uh, space. And because of COVID, we went from being in-person only to going online. And suddenly now we have hundreds of people that uh, come every year. And this November is going to be our sixth annual. So we do two days online, one day in person. We tie in charity events and we just try to make it fun for everybody and, and safe for everybody so that everyone can just have fun playing RPGs. Yeah. And the charity thing is a really is a nice twist. Um, it was. Uh, yeah, I've done it, I think gosh two or three years in a row so i think it's uh, three yeah yeah so anyway it's you guys are doing like a virtual one or two days and then a in-person day on sunday was is that the plan for november that is the plan yeah so we have uh, online uh like i say about 100 people and then we have one day in person where we do it at a local pub so it's a real uh old school kind of con well i don't really cool yeah, I don't like beer, but you know, if if I did, I would. Uh, everybody knows I don't partake. So, um, okay. Well, thank you, Trevor. Um, and um, on the other side, we've got uh, my new friend Paul Keller, Judge Paul, who is recommended to me as a play tester. I went to my other guy, Judge Hank, who couldn't make it tonight, who's also an invaluable help to me uh, many times and has has done some editing. Um, and I reached out to my pal and yours, Brendan LaSalle, and I said, give me a play tester. And he threw Judge Paul Keller um, at me. And uh, Paul, thank you for being with us. Tell us how you got into this whole play testing shtick here. Well, uh, thanks for having me first. I, I've been gaming since 91, but I'm kind of new to play testing. Uh, a friend of mine who's an excellent judge and a game designer, Judge Crow, he is third-party publishing a DCC module, which should come out early next year. And that sort of got my juices flowing. So when I saw an ad that Brendan put out online for playtesters, I just responded and got lucky. Very nice. Very nice. And so you couldn't have set that up better. Um, we are going to put the uh, put that link in our show notes here too, uh, where you can just respond. And you know we're going to have a link. You basically go in there, you email Goodman Games, you say, "Hey, I want to be a playtester," and um, somebody from the Goodman universe will reach out to you uh, with some DCC stuff to test. So or MCC stuff, it could be anything. You should probably say what you like best or know best, and it might influence what you get called for, but it might not. Who knows? Anyway, um, well, that's good. I'm glad to see that that's working because uh, I know that they've been doing that. And I was, uh, I asked Brendan, hey, should I be plugging this? And he's like, yeah, man, we're still, people still want to do it. Yeah, Julian, people still want to do it. Don't I'm saying? Let's go, buddy. You Literally. Know, right? right? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. Okay. Well, great. Um, great to hear. Uh, Paul, did you just, did you just play test a funnel for Brendan? Yeah. Uh, it was a funnel. Uh, I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say about don't, it. Since don't it's not, talk about, don't talk yeah. about the adventure, but you can talk about, uh, you know feedback. what I mean? Feedback, uh, spoiler. You can give non-spoiler funny anecdotes about the game. If you know what I'm saying. I've prepared a fairly funny anecdote that I, I've transposed the details of what happened onto a completely different cer- set of circumstances. Uh, Basically, collecting feedback for the module was pretty straightforward. Brendan gave me a list of bullet points that he was really interested in, you know, knowing about. And I just sort of kept a pad of paper next to me while I was running the game uh, and jotted down what came up. Um, That, in hindsight, combined into a a decent review for him, I hope. Uh, The module is fantastic. I'll just go ahead and say that. Go ahead and. Hold your breath for that one. He he said he said your write up was fantastic. So oh, I don't yeah. I don't know if it was your write up. I have a feeling it was more like the game you ran must have been super funny or fun or whatever, and then that translated to the write up probably. The module is out of this world. I mean, 
he's got some some new stuff in there that I I just I hadn't ever come across uh, in any module. Uh, and I won't say anything more than that, but I was I was blown away to get to run this one. Okay, nice. So, um, you know, look for redacted funnel uh, coming soon to <laughs> yeah. a place near you. Um, <laughs> yes, very nice. So, um, um, very good. Uh, Trevor, tell us, get, give us an idea of what a play tester does, because I think some people don't necessarily know all of that stuff. That's a good question. I wasn't sure myself. So I just ran it, I guess, like a typical game. And I didn't really know what uh, what you were after in terms of feedback, what you were looking for. Yeah, so I, I, actually just... I didn't give any bullets or what I'm looking for or anything. I'm like, Trevor, just run it. Tell me, you know, <laughs> which, I mean, which I is fine. Sm- I knew you're a smart guy. So thanks. Uh, so I just wrote down everything and I probably just uh, I, I felt kind of bad because I just mentally or just dumped on you um, for feedback. And it's like, well, here's here's everything. Take, you know, what you want from it. Been there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So you literally got the adventure and you've done I think you've play tested a Dying Earth and the Empire of the did you do the Empire of the East adventure too? No, no, just uh, so far, just Dying Earth. Okay, so you've done I at least like three or four, four. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, and uh, wow, what a help that has been. Thank you. And you were also given probably uh, to your consternation some increasingly um, maturing versions of the rules as you went. Yeah, that was fun. Just. I just had to, you know, Sorry. before I ran the game, it's like <laughs> scramble to go, oh, I better check and see if anything's changed. And luckily, when I ran the first few, my players didn't know anything about D- Dying Earth. And most of them actually didn't know anything about DCC. So they had no idea if I was giving them the right rules or the wrong rules. And sometimes I would forget things. And so, I mean, it worked out well. Um, the cheat sheets were great because especially when you distill them down to um, the the character sheet. And that's, you know, going along with DCC, I think that's one thing great about it is everything's on the one-page character sheet. And you pretty much got to the point where that's all we needed. And then just reference things like what the spells actually do and stuff like that. Hmm. Hmm. Jen, have you ever, have you done, I mean, you've play-tested like Linkmar rules and stuff before it was official you were running linkmar stuff have you done like a f- official playtest stuff like linkmar were you doing some official little ad- linkmar adventure playtest i sort of mm, remember i was actually a player for that mm. uh bob ran a year-long playtest uh for like every two to three weeks mm. um just to make sure that the rules that were there could withstand campaign play mm. and as it turned out that was a good thing um, uh, but when I first started talking with Stephen Newton, he was explaining how important playtesting was. And much like Trevor, I had no idea and started running some playtests with our group at the FLGS. And I, I said, how do you, do you want me to write all this down? He said, you know what, have, have a bowl session afterwards, uh, spend half an hour or whatever picking it apart and just record it on your phone let me hear exactly what people have to say about it and so of course i got permission from everybody first said hey um i'm gonna do this and we'll we'll try not to lambast him too badly you know Mm -hmm. and as it turned out um playtesting for uh they served brandolin red was actually my very first convention game that I ran at mm. GaryCon some eons ago. And I oh, did that one and uh, the Seven Deadly Pits of Scissorcon, the same show, but specifically playtesting. And I, I think Trevor's right in that when you're running it, you're making sure that you as the judge find that the author has spelled everything out for you. 
Mm, yeah, of course, right? I mean, the, the, and- the author the author needs to remember that not everybody who sits down to run this has run DCC before. <laughs> and and I'll say this because I have the feeling there are aspiring judges, writers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, out there. And I, um, it was amazing in the COVID era because I could never get enough people to play help me play test before. And in the COVID era, we started doing so much online gaming and my network of judges expanded so hugely of players, judges, everybody, that suddenly I had so many more people and I could call upon. And that's how I met Trevor, of course, um, and uh, as well as Judge Hank, my my other kind of go to guy. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was really great to be able to do that because, man, it's such a help. And I want to say amusingly, um, I was when I sent out my first draft of the show notes, I anticipated editors would come back and redline the show notes. Actually, the playtesters came back and redlined my show notes. And I want to say they are the real reason they're the unsung heroes of DCC is they do a lot of editing. And in fact, they edit the manuscript before it goes to the editors. I'll get because, of course, I don't send it to the editor before I playtest it, right? I send it after I playtest it. So unfortunately for Judge Trevor, Judge Hank, and others, um, it's actually, they they end up pulling the heavy load of correcting my typos and uh, what, a, you know, all that stuff. Um, so thank you. So thank you, Trevor. Thank you, uh, Judge Hank, wherever you are. Hopefully you're, you're listening. Um, Judge Paul, tell us Tell us about, was that your first play test that you've run as Brendan's Bundle, or have you done some stuff before that? Uh, no, like I was saying, I've worked with uh, Judge Crow on a, a module that he's designing third party for DCC. Uh, it's a voodoo-themed funnel. Mm. Uh, but yeah, really just the two of those in various iterations. Um, so yeah. when you're when you're doing this, are you uh, you're just you're taking the? Of course, Brendan gave you some bullets, but you're taking the manuscript. Um, do you do you sometimes do you feel like you know you run it and you look back at the two things that you didn't do right after the fact? Hopefully, just two. If it's me, it's like twelve. Hopefully for you, it's just two. Do you, do you, are you, are you shamed when you're like, oh my God, I was playtesting this and I totally missed the door that goes into this room and none of, you know, like. The, well, well, look, it, it, it's like that, that hideous, disgusting email zombie said, you know, just let the players do what they want, make them pay in blood. I mean, how can you do anything wrong? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's something that I always, I always figure when I judge something whether it's my own or somebody else's or whatever it is even when i play test unfortunately i always screw something up anyway so the play so doing that in a play test mimics reality anyway i don't think exactly. anybody is ever able to uh, totally run it by the book i don't i don't know trevor what do you think yeah it's i mean to me it's no different than regular dcc you're just yeah, you have to adapt, you know, you have to run with it. And I've, I can think of times when I had to do that um, with, with the play test and then ask you afterwards, you know, what did you really mean here kind of thing? But yeah. game time. The margins. <laughs> yeah. But game time, you just, you know, uh, make a call and and move on. And usually, I'm so uh, scrambling to to keep up with the players that I miss so much stuff. Anyways, I was I was right. I was running at, at my one of my very first um, laughing idol of Larshan playtests at Gen Con like a million years ago. It seems like it was ten years ago, but it was probably only four years ago. And I had this crazy table. It was Jogo and my friend Gary and like two or three other people that I would, we would know, but I can't remember, but it was, they, and they were cream of the crop, really excited to play Dying Earth. And uh, the guy's like, well, I'm going to hire you to go find this Brandy or whatever the MacGuffin is. And they're like, oh, how much are you going to pay us? And he's like, well, I'm going to give you all 50 terses or something, you know, pretty, 
pretty nice sum, probably not 50, but you know, a lot, a lot of money. And Jogo, you know, the, the troublemakers at the table, they all start looking at each other like, why don't we just knock this guy over? Like, what, what are we doing this? You know, why, why should we bother doing this adventure? Like, let's just, uh, you know, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm, I, uh, you know, I, 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 I did have to just throw myself on the mercy of the court and just go, you know, guys, maybe we, you know, I have this whole map thing that I hand drew and I'm supposed to turn this in eventually. Um, so maybe help me out. Um, and they, and, and that's they what all, the Gius spell was made for, right? <laughs> right. Right. What, you know, I probably should, you know, I, maybe I should have rolled with it. We would have just had an extremely sandboxy, um, you know, heist game in which things, of course, my mastery of dying earth at that point was less too. So, but you know, I, I don't know. So sometimes I think I look back and go, well, what, that would have been a pretty crazy game. It ended up a pretty crazy game where we had a good slug fest at the end, uh, between PVP. So, uh, yeah, that was good anyway. Um, but I will say, um, yeah, playtesters, I don't know in your case, uh, Paul, but and certainly in my case, playtesters do a lot of editing um, because, and that's, of course, really important because it's not just, well, how my adventure flows while we, the players like this part, they didn't like this part, I didn't understand this part, but there's also a lot of, you know, Julian, you said there's a door to 3A here, but there's no door on your map, dude. And I'm like, oh, you know. Unfortunately, you. You Brendan knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but Julian, you just pointed out letters and numbers aren't the only things that the editors are checking. Right. We're going through the maps. We're making sure if a, if a secret door is supposed to be there, is it on the map? Or do I need to go back and change the text? Because changing text is always easier than getting someone to change a map. And yeah, the logic of it has to flow too. Right. No. And, and, you know, um, but especially, uh, you know, things have to make a certain amount of sense. Mm -hmm. There, there is a, uh, in my empire, of the East adventure, Mr. Curtis of all people told me, I, I won't go into the whole thing about it, but he was like, you know, there ought to be a door here because this guy's a high ranking military person and he's not going to go through the same door that all the other guys go through and deal with the hoi polloi in the front. Of, he would actually have his own private. And, you know, I was like, yeah, that's probably true. So it's, you know, so there's a lot of logical consistency that one looks for, not just, um, you know, there's cultural, there's even kind of pseudo historical, even though it's not really historical, but still we're kind of coming out of a, a, hopefully a logical order except for my stuff which is you know based on chaos so um okay we're, we're gonna wrap it up with our play testers thank you guys for being here um i'm gonna ask I, i'm gonna ask you to um tell me what you love most about play testing and here's your lightning round what do you love about play testing and as far as why other people should do it and also What's your dream play test? What do you want? What's you, you know, Mr. or Ms. X is going to come to you and say, oh, hey, Paul, Trevor, I got this thing for you. Um, play test this. Thank you. Here's a manuscript. Bye. Um, Trevor, you're first. What would, would you like to do? Uh, what would I like? What's, what's my dream play test? Yeah. Uh, I, I hate to say it, I, I guess I've been living the dream because dying earth has just been so much fun. It's, Aww. it's, uh, and, and especially, you know, the ones I've been able to play test, they've been, they felt so Vancian. It's just been, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun and I can't, you know, I guess I can't think of what's next. Cause it's like, okay, I've got Langmar. I've got dying earth. What more do I need? So what if you're, if you're sitting at the bar at Gen Con next to uh, a DCC judge and you're trying to convince them to play test, uh, play test for anybody, play test for a third party judge for Goodman. What do you, what are you telling him or her? Uh, I guess I'll take anything. That's that for an answer? <laughs> it's just it's it's such a fun fun process and getting back to what do i enjoy uh you were asking is 
you know, just seeing the process behind the scenes and, and seeing manuscript turn into the next draft, turn into something, and then finally seeing it come out as the published thing. I mean, that's just amazing to be just one tiny little part of that process and being able to see it from behind the scenes. I think that's the, the, the best part of it. Well, I will say you have saved the, some of the editors on this show a lot of trouble by providing me a lot of good uh, feedback, extremely intensely detailed feedback on my Dying Earth manuscripts. So they thank you, and I thank you, Trevor. Paul, I'm going to give you the same questions. Um, what uh, What's your dream? What's your dream playtest? And also, if you're if you're sitting next to that person at the bar. And you're trying to convince them, you know, what what do you tell them? Uh reading playtest, super easy. Uh Harley Stroh, Michael Curtis, team up, Ooh. tag team module. I get the first copy. Wow. Okay. Well, well, yeah. you know. Okay. I'd arm wrestle for I would arm wrestle you for that, but okay. Yeah. Right. It's it's right. it's it's gonna be two thousand pages. Lose. It's it has okay. to be it has to be done. <laughs> oh, I'll give you a head start. <laughs> piece of cake give it to him one <laughs> okay awesome all right good and then uh, uh and the guy at the bar yeah yeah i mean hey what's not to love about play testing you get to play a module before it's ruined by reviews and feedback and you know spoilers come on it's the purest form of rpg right that you mm. didn't write yourself uh, nice. and getting your name published in the album jacket isn't uh too bad either you know yeah yeah yeah, and you can dangle mm. that for the players because they like that stuff, right? So everybody likes that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for being with us. Um, I really appreciate uh Paul and Trevor, uh your time and kind thanks of for having me. What an honor. Yeah, Paul. thanks very much for having me. No, no, no problem. And um, and can I just add one thing about play testing? Because you were asking earlier and I wasn't thinking fast enough. Yeah. Um as far as playtesting for, for anybody who's looking at doing it, it was one of my players who came up with the, he actually came out and said to the others, okay, we're playtesting this thing. We got to, we got to figure out how to break it and do everything <laughs> we can to break it. And, and that changed Brilliant. everybody's mindset because that is then. such a Tim DeShane thing to say. You got to yeah. lick all the buttons. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. And then they were opening every door and looking in yes. every room and every chest and going through every trap. And so it just changed everything from, you know, playing it like a regular DCC game where they're playing it like they're Trying not supposed to know <laughs> they're looking for these things. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it just changed uh, the status quo, sir. So the next time you see Jim Sketch, tell him hi for me. Um, since since Jim tries to break every adventure I run under any circumstances, playtest or not. So, hello, Jim. I hope you're out there. Um, hey, we also have to thank Brian for being with us uh, today as an editor. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, Tale of Smoking Worm Kickstarter, jump on that ASAP. And also, we're giving a big shout out to Grape Ape, my pal, and yours, Twitch celebrity, Mr. Matt. Um, Look me up and give me that. Okay. And uh, finally, um, the usual, right? Uh, Jen, do you have any, uh, before we, we go into our bands, do you have any last words? Uh, do you want me to share the link for those who are interested in playtesting future yeah, products? Th you throw it in. I'm going to put it in the show notes, but if you okay. want to drop it on the Twitch right now, that would be awesome too. Absolutely. Right yes, please. Thank you. So mega thanks to Glitter Witter, Glitter Wizard, not to be confused with King Gizzard and the yeah those guys. <laughs> mega thanks to Glitter Wizard and Loot the Body and Saint Karloff who have actually been listening to a ton. Uh, love and who guys. just had a new release drop. Yeah, and uh, for permission to use their music, we love you guys. Um, music episode on Spellburn. I really want to do it. Um, I really want to do it if these, if these giant rock stars will talk to us. So um, anyway, mega thanks to the bands uh, who support us with free music. And uh, that's all, guys. Uh, keep playing DCC and game on.
Find Litter Wizard. <laughs>